to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The Christian life is the life of God himself living inside of his people and manifesting his life through us as people. And so that picture is the picture of fruit. So we are bearing the fruit of the life of God that is in us. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Galatians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, in a message titled, The Fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So we come today back to the passage that we've been just camping on. And today we want to focus in on the fruit of the Spirit. So remember that Paul has restated the gospel to the Galatians who had lost sight of just the simplicity of the gospel. They, they had complicated everything through the influence of the false teachers, and they lost that beautiful simplicity of having trusted in Christ, and that brought their salvation, and that brought the, the power of the Spirit in their lives. And, and so anyway, as, as you know, if you've been going through Galatians with us, uh, we, we've gone through the epistle, and up until this point, Paul is just He's just uh, corrected all of that. And then when we come to chapter 5, verse 16, we, as I mentioned before, we've entered it into now the, the practical application. So basically, it's like Paul is saying, okay, now that we've got all of this straightened out again, let me remind you of how we conduct ourselves. Let me remind you of how we live our lives as God's people. And in verse 16, he told us that basically we're to live our lives by walking in the Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, he said, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's the case because we have been born of the Spirit and we are filled with the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, the Spirit gives us power over those things of the flesh, over those those sinful things that have previously dominated our lives and still uh, want to dominate our lives. So through the, the presence and the power of the Spirit, not only are we able to subdue the works of the flesh, but on the positive side, we are now able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And in verses 22 and 23 there, Paul describes for us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience. Either way, the word can be translated kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, and so this is the fruit of the Spirit. And he is, again, he's telling us if, if we walk in the Spirit, then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but actually we will be producing the fruit of the Spirit. And so 
today what we wanted to do is, is look at just the whole idea of the fruit of the Spirit, and then we'll come back and we'll actually uh, break down and look at each one of these things, kind of look at the, the probably the, uh, the Greek word behind it, and then we'll, we'll just look more closely at the, the description here that Paul gives of the fruit of the Spirit in verses 22 and 23. But today I want to concentrate just on this whole idea of fruit and bearing fruit. And uh, notice it, that Paul brings here this, this fruit metaphor into the passage. Now, if you think about it, you realize that Paul is doing something intentional here by referring to the fruit of the Spirit. He had talked about the, the works of the flesh. He talked about the, the flesh lusting against the Spirit, the Spirit lusting against the flesh. Then he talked about the works of the flesh. But instead of going on and talking now about the works of the Spirit or about the, say, the characteristics of the Spirit or the traits of the Spirit, he intentionally employs the word fruit. He wants us to think of, when, when we think of the, the work of the Spirit in our lives, he wants us to think in terms of fruit. And I think one of the reasons why he does this is because fruit presupposes life. And what Paul wants us to understand is that our behavior as God's people it flows from the fact that we are indwelt by the Spirit. You see, the Christian life is the life of God himself living inside of his people and manifesting his life through us as people. And so that picture is the picture of fruit. So we are bearing the fruit of the life of God that is in us. And so I think, again, Paul is very intentional here because he wants us to understand that the, the life that we live as Christians and the behavior that we have as Christians is it's something that is organic rather than manufactured. And just think about that for a moment. You think of organic versus manufactured, or you can think of it in these terms. It was a well-known British preacher from another uh, age who said that, that works reminds us of a factory, but fruit reminds us of a garden. And I don't know about you, but when I think of, of something pleasant and something enjoyable, I'm much more inclined to think of a garden than I am a factory. And so this is the way that we need to understand this. This is the, the way we need to look at it. it. It's an organic thing. It's God's life in us just welling up and overflowing from us. It's, it's a very organic thing versus a manufactured thing. And so also what we need to notice is that it is the fruit of the Spirit singular. You would think, because it goes on love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth, you, you would think that it might read the fruits of the Spirit are, but it says, no, the fruit of the Spirit is. Now, because of that, some have said, well, actually, there's only one fruit of the Spirit, that's love, and then the rest 
of the things that are mentioned here. They are the attributes of love. And you could probably present it that way. You might be able to. But I don't think we need to present it that way because I think what the apostle's intention is, is to show us that this, this fruit of the spirit is multifaceted. And so it's all of these things combined together. This is the fruit of the spirit. And, and like I was saying, it's not manufactured. It's not something that we are working up, which is pretty much the way religion works. Religion works like, okay, I see an ideal, I see preferred behavior, and so now I'm going to determine that I'm going to behave that way. But that's not the biblical picture. And when we look at the fruit of the Spirit here, it's not a matter of saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty strong when it comes to a couple of these things, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit weak in some of the other things. That's related more to something that's probably more of our disposition by nature or something to do with our willpower. Where I look at the list and I say, okay, I, uh, I'm strong here, I'm weak here, I'm strong here, I'm weak here. So I've got to work on my weaknesses and, and continue to, to bolster up my strengths. That's not the way it works. The, the way it works as the fruit of the Spirit is as we're growing in the Lord and as we are just continuing to yield ourselves to him, the, the fruit in all of its fullness is just growing up together in our lives as his people. And so it's the fruit of the Spirit singular, but all of these different things that he mentions here are aspects of the fruit. Now, there's three things that I want to zero in on regarding fruit. And I, I listened to a, a great message this week by Timothy Keller, and uh, he just happened to outline it this way, and I think it's excellent, so I'm going to borrow it from him. And I'm sure he probably borrowed it from somebody else. So that's what preachers do. We just borrow stuff from each other, and uh, we can go all the way back to uh, the earliest days of, of church history and find some great stuff. But in, in his teaching on, on the fruit of the Spirit, there were three things, or I think he had four, but um, I'm going to look at three things regarding the fruit, and they are these three things. Number one, that the fruit is internal. Secondly, that the fruit comes through a process or gradually. And then thirdly, that fruit is inevitable. And so we'll start with the internal. And, and it's kind of la uh, overlapping with what I was just saying. It is not adopting new behavioral patterns. Like I need to be more loving or joyful or kind or self-controlled. You see, the fruit of the Spirit, it wells up from this root. You see, it's, it's, the, spirit of, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of my own determination or my own effort to be a better person. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit is connected back to the root, which is the Spirit of God present in my life. And it's really in line with that picture that Jesus himself gave us that's recorded for us in John chapter 15, where Jesus spoke about the vine and the branches and the fruit. 
And maybe you remember there that passage. Jesus says that he says, I am the vine. And to his followers, he says, you are the branches. And just as a, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. But if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. That's how it happens. The fruit is all based on the, the connection back to the root. So it's internal. It comes from within us because of the indwelling presence of the Spirit rather than external, rather than me looking at a list of virtues and then determining through my self-will that I'm going to be more like that. So it's internal, number one. Secondly, an important thing to notice and to, to think through, that fruit, it develops through a process. And it's really important to recognize this when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that the growth is gradual. It's not instantaneous. It's not overnight. Now, we know that from nature, right? If you decide that you want to plant, uh, you know, some sort of a, you know, maybe some strawberries or some tomatoes or something like that, or maybe even more, you want to plant a tree that's eventually going to bring you some fruit, you know that there's a long process that's going to take place. First of all, you're going to have to plant the seed in the soil, and then the seed is going to germinate, and then the roots are going to go down, and then it's going to sprout up at some point. And then, you know, a long way down the road, you're going to have fruit. But the whole time, there is something that is happening, although it's largely unseen. And you know, that's, that's true in our spiritual lives as well. And it's important that we recognize this because we, we don't always understand that this is the case. And, and as a result, we have false expectations, both for ourselves and for other people. And then we get frustrated and discouraged when we find that we're not maybe bearing the fruit as quickly as we thought we should, or they're not bearing the fruit, more, more likely them. We're more frustrated with other people than we are with ourselves, right? We're more patient with ourselves. But no, we can even, you know, get down on ourselves as well, right? We think we should be beyond that by now. We think we should have, have already developed to the point where there would be more consistency. But we have to remember that there is this process that takes place. And sometimes we don't, we don't see it at all as the process is going along as much as we see it in a, in a moment where suddenly we are confronted with a difficulty, we're confronted with a challenge, or we might be confronted with a difficult person. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves responding in an unexpected way we find ourselves responding in a godly way. And, and then we stop and we think, wow, that, that's amazing. And, and we can even think, you know, a year ago, I would not have responded this way. If this would have happened last year, oh, I would have, you know, I would have just come unglued. I wouldn't have been able to handle this at all. But you, you handled it in the spirit. And then what happens at that moment, you realize there has been growth taking place. 
And we have to recognize that growth is gradual, that we are all in a process. Now, I wish I would have learned this when I was a younger pastor, because when I was young, I, my expectations were high for everybody, and I was easily frustrated and disappointed when they didn't live up to my expectations. And I think that that probably contributed to some difficulty for, for people. Now, this, this isn't an, an excuse to just say, well, you know, people are going to go on sinning and we just, that's just the way it is. But, but it's just the recognition that, you know, we are all a work in progress. Do we, do we realize that? We need to realize that. And, and pastors especially need to realize that. And I know that over the years, I have, I have learned that much more than I knew it in my, in my younger years, that, that God is at work and, and that there is the, this process that's taking place. The development of fruit is gradual. It's a process. It happens over time. And therefore, as we think about it, and especially as we think about it in the lives of other people, we need to be patient. You know, James mentions the, the farmer who is patient for the crop to grow. And one thing about farming and gardening and those things, there, there has to be patience because you just know that there's going to be a period of time that is going to need to pass before this is going to come to fruition. Now, thirdly, fruit is inevitable. And that's the great news. Fruit is inevitable. The, the fruit is going to come. And even though the process might be more lengthy than we had originally thought, what we can have confidence in is that the fruit is going to come. In other words, if the, if the life of God has really been planted in a person, then fruit is going to come. And I have seen this over and over again throughout the years. I have seen where... You know, and, I, and I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it with my ears. I, I've experienced it where, you know, somebody comes and they put their faith in Christ. And we know the Bible teaches when you put your faith in Christ, the spirit of God comes and takes up residence in you. And, and then we see that process begin. And sometimes in the early stages, you, you're kind of looking and you're wondering like, you know, is anything going to come up? Is any fruit going to come up? It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you put that seed in the ground, when you put a seed in the ground, you don't see anything. You don't see the seed anymore even, right? And as far as anybody might know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's nothing happening. The seed's been buried in the ground. But no, something is happening. And, and I've seen this over and over again where somebody comes and they put their faith in Christ. And yet initially it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. But then as time goes on, the little sprouts begin to come up here and there. And then eventually you see the, the, the plant begin to really grow and, and blossom. Because that's the inevitable result of a true planting of the life of God in 
a human heart. There's going to be fruit that is going to come because the power is in the seed of the gospel. See, the gospel itself has that power. And once that seed is planted in our lives, that, that gospel truth, that gospel life is going to bust forth ultimately into fruit bearing. It was uh, the famous uh, British preacher, G. Campbell Morgan, who told the story of being in a cemetery and seeing a, a grave with a gravestone that, that was a large slab and a thick slab of marble. And yet right in the middle of that large, thick slab of marble, there was an oak tree that had burst up through it and, and was there right in, in the center of it at the time that he saw it. Now, of course, and he pointed this out, that that, that oak tree wasn't planted on top of the marble slab. It was an acorn that was under the marble slab. And if you were betting and you didn't know anything about botany, you would have bet that the marble slab was certainly going to overpower the acorn. But the opposite was the case. The acorn broke through the slab and the tree eventually came up through that. And that's a good reminder of, of the power that is in the spirit of God who's working in our heart, that the Lord's going to break through. He's even going to break through the, the marble slab of our own sinfulness. And sometimes we would be tempted to feel like, you know, there, there's no way that, that there's ever going to be a breakthrough in this area. But the spirit of God is able to break through. But the point here as well in regard to the inevitability is that we have to then always be thinking in terms of the necessity of fruit as the evidence for the presence of the Spirit. So in other words, if I am claiming to have the Spirit's presence in my life, then there's going to be fruit that is going to ultimately show. So if I never see fruit, if there is never any breakthrough, then I have to go back and say, well, maybe the seed hasn't been planted. Because if God has planted his spirit in our hearts, fruit is going to come. It might not come as rapidly as we think it's going to come, but it is going to come. So, and, and as we've pointed out before, when the, when the scripture talks about salvation by grace through faith, and some people make the false conclusion, well, that means that, you know, you think because you believe that, that all you do is you just believe in Jesus and there's never any evidence in your life for that belief. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches where there is the life of the spirit, there's going to ultimately be the fruit that's going to come forth. But the good news is it is inevitable. And God is going to work in our lives to bring forth that fruit. Now, how does that happen? Now, Paul, is he's already told us to walk in the spirit. And in doing so, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But I want to go back to something we touched on earlier. I want to go back to John chapter 15, to the words of Jesus. 
And that's where I want us to kind of settle in and bring home our, our main point here today. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. Coincidence, do things in life simply happen by chance? Or is there actually a loving God behind the scenes who is weaving His goodness into the details of our lives? Well, in his book, The Myth of Coincidence, John Bonner testifies of the God who uses our failures, weaknesses, and tragedies to intentionally create a life of fruitfulness. If you want to be encouraged that this same God is working in your life in purposeful ways, this book will remind you that God is indeed at work in your life too. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Galatians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.